Hello again, we do want to welcome you back to Coffee with Zach and Russ, and this time Coffee with Butler Bonner as well. We have with us Brother Michael Bonner from the Texas School of Preaching, and he's going to be joining us today and joining us, Lord willing, uh, once or twice a month, as so we can get him on here uh, to do this podcast with us. And today we're looking really at the idea of examples. You know, and we were talking about this just a second ago, you know, the Super Bowl was, was that last Sunday? Mm-hmm. That tells you how big of a sports fan I am. I always forgot when it was. Um, but of course, following the, the Super Bowl, you had the Super Bowl parade. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this the day because it's been a topic, you know, yesterday at lunch and then again last night at dinner. Uh, you know, we have so many, I think they said a million people were, was at, were at that parade, a million mm-hmm. people in Kansas City, which uh, I need to be a lot. I'm not a big crowd guy anyway. Um, but, I knew there'd be a lot. And so, uh, but what kept coming up was the intoxication of the players, you know, and I, I, kept, I can't help but think about all the, of course, adults that they're watching them and some adults really in, encouraging them. Uh, I was told some were even were tossing small bottles of alcohol to the players and they were drinking it. Uh, but I think about all the number of kids who were seeing those types mm-hmm. of things and you hear how these guys were acting. Um, I won't say all of them were acting that way, but uh, some of the more well-known ones, um, you know, Kelsey and some others were out there very intoxicated in front of everyone. Uh, and I just think about the example that they set. And really, I think in many ways, just how little they care about it, to be honest. Um, and that's why I wanted to bring up this topic today, which at least my thoughts are anyway, are going to center around Proverbs chapter 24, verses 1 and 2. Uh, reading from the New King James, it says here, Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. For their heart devises violence, and their lips talk of troublemaking. You know, sometimes you read this verse, we think, well, we don't we don't hang around people today who are like going to go out and kill someone or shoot someone, someone who's prone to violence. But some people don't have a problem with hanging out with individuals who are going to go out and get drunk, going to go out and do drugs going to go out and fornicate, those types of things. And so we do not want to be associated with those individuals. And before I go any further, I'm going to pause and let Brother Zach or Brother Bonner add anything they'd like as we look at this idea of, you know, the examples we see around us. And I think in in reality, the the poor examples we see around us and the dangers of them. So I'm going to stop let these guys say anything they'd like as we continue with this topic. You know, one thing I just want to make mention of just real quickly, because, you know, you brought it up, the uh, the Super Bowl parade. And I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, those that know me, you know, I love the game of football. I can sit – it drives my wife crazy because I can sit down and just watch a game. It, to me, it doesn't matter who's playing. I just like the game. But, you know, for the second year in a row, we've had to watch the Chiefs. I say had to watch, but, you know, the Chiefs, they went out and they – they won the Super Bowl, good for them, and then they've had this parade. And last year, I remember I recorded the parade because I like I kind of want to watch it. I watched 30 seconds of that parade last year. I shut it off because before those players even got to the parade, they were out of their mind, wasted. And same thing this year. I didn't even I didn't even record it. Didn't even mess with it this year. But Sarah told me that she was flipping through her Facebook feed or something. And she's seen a portion of it where one of these players was out here, had like a champagne ball or something and was shaking it and was spraying it on the crowd. And one of the things that was, that stuck out to her 
was they was this child. And she said this child couldn't have been more than four or five years old. Right there in the midst of that, getting that alcohol bath. And she's like, she said, Zach, that's who our youth look up to. And so, you know, we're going to talk and, you know, you made mention, be not envious, the King James says, against evil men, neither desire to be with them. You made mention a million people were in Kansas City. Why? Because they wanted to be with and around those players. We have young kids that look up to Mahomes and to Kelsey and say, I want to be like them. And look at the sin that they're involved in. When's the last time you heard a, a young child look at an elder of the church and say, I want to be like him? When's the last time you heard a young kid look at a, a preacher of the congregation and say, I want to be like him? It's because the world has warped the minds of our youth to say, well, you need to be like this individual. And, you know, I couldn't help but think, you know, because you made mention of the million people uh, Exodus chapter 23 and verse 2, thou shalt not follow a multitude do, to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause of decline after many to rest my judgment. Don't follow a multitude to do evil. When we have the influence that we see around us, and it's not just football, we could look to any other sport too, but obviously that's what's fresh in our mind. Uh, man, it's really sad, and I'm glad that we're doing this topic. Well, a few things came to my mind that I thought, you know, as God's people, it reminded me of Psalm 73 and how the psalmist was struggling when he said, my feet, my steps had nearly slipped for I was envious of the boastful. And uh, it makes me think about that because sometimes as God's people, we have to be extremely laser focused to make sure that we don't allow that to be our focal point. And so I appreciate how we've already gotten started, Zach, the things that you have said, because it's painful just to know that these individuals are role models. But I would, I would rather them be role models to the ungodly than to the godly. Mm -hmm. Our responsibility is to be role models, not only to the godly, but to the ungodly by having podcasts such as this, mm -hmm. by putting ourselves out there, because you get to talking about today's mainstays, athletes, mm -hmm. actors, actresses. Again, Taylor Swift was the, uh, she was the mainstay of the NFL and how her and Kelsey would walk around holding hands, hugging, kissing, like, like I'm a grown married man. I don't do all that in public myself, you know? And so, I mean, it just makes me think about what are we doing as a society? And it should make us all think about Proverbs 14, verse number nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. But make no mistake about it. When you begin to call evil good and good evil, and that becomes, I'm gonna use this word again, the mainstay. Brethren, I see why we are seeing the things we're seeing even today. You know, and I think about this with um, the appearance of these individuals. You know, people today, and social media does a very good job at this, of, you know, we don't post, <laughs> maybe I should say, we don't intentionally post ugly pictures of ourselves. 
we look through and we find the best ones and that's what we post. And we, cause we, you know, we want to look nice when everybody looks at us or whatever, but social media and the world around and, and these guys on television and, you know, they put forth an image that is not, first of all, it's not realistic and it's not consistent with everyday life. Uh, you know, that's why I think so many times people love to see um, uh, actresses and actors in their everyday life, see how they go about it, see how they're not always dressed up and that kind of thing. Um, maybe it makes them feel more connected with them. I don't know. But we, we think we have to, you know, when we see people living a certain way and acting a certain way and dressed a certain way, there's the uh, temptation to try to look and appear as they do. And we have to realize that social media and what we see on television, and yes, even during a parade, is not what we should base how we live. You know, that's not what we should use to base how we act and how we live. Um, you know, everybody's life is not, you know, picture perfect. It's not sunshine and rainbows. And no, it should not be one that is involves intoxication like we see, uh, you know, portrayed on television and i keep i keep going back to alcohol because it's it's so interesting to me that so many television shows and i'm gonna sound like an old guy but i don't care but how many television shows center around uh almost most most of them will have at least one guy who's pretty much a drunk in the in the show the entire the entire time the show is on the air i mean just one episode um and then they'll have a love interest for somebody. And so the show primarily is about either, you know, partying or getting and getting drunk and the rest of it's about sex and all types of various relations that go on with it. And that to me sums up probably about 95% of television. And then we see it also now in sports, you know, with, with Kelsey, with uh, Mahomes and all these other guys, I'm put, I put them out there because people who follow sports at all probably know who they are. Um, not that you need to. I mean, they're just people like anybody else. Um, but their image is put out there in front of our face all the time, right? Because we see them in the parade acting drunk. Then we also see them in subway commercials. We see them, you know, in insurance commercials and all these other things. And they're always in front of us. And so the idea becomes, well, you see how they dress. You see how they act. That's how. That's what I should be doing. And that couldn't be any further from the truth. Uh, but sometimes we respond to what we see so much of in front of us. And it's those who we see in commercials, those, those who we see in television shows. And it's amazing how sin, like we, like it's already been said today is being downplayed. And it's, you know, what was, was evil is now be called good or we're being told it's not that big of a deal. Don't get so upset about it. You know, even uh, I'm going to mention Taylor Swift again before you do. Um, you know, she has a song called Calm Down. If you ever watched the video for that? It's about the idea. It's very clear. Basically, the idea is stop making a big deal about homosexuality and transgenderism and all this other stuff. And basically, just calm down and move on and be quiet, which I'm sorry, I'm not going to. And the Bible doesn't, and we shouldn't either. So I'm going to go and stop there. You know, you talk about the appearance of the rich and famous. And, you know, you talk about how how people are attracted to that type of lifestyle you know really i got two things that just it just popped up in my mind i was thinking i remember being a young a young boy and my grandfather was a gospel preacher and i asked him i said you know what is satan like now this is a young boy 
And he explained it in such a way that I'll never forget. You know, he told me, he said, Zach, Satan is not what you see on cartoon shows, you know, because the cartoon shows depict Satan as this little red guy with horns, a pitchfork. And he said, Satan is not like that. Sin is not like that, but rather Satan is and sin is the things, things that look good, things that sound good, uh, things that make you uh, to the world seem cool. And, uh, you know, I got to thinking what's interesting, just a couple of passages to throw out here. Uh, one of them is found actually in Hebrews chapter 11, when it's talking about Moses, Hebrews chapter 11, specifically verse number 24, it says, uh, by faith, Moses, when he come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The world gravitates to that nonsense because in their eyes, uh, it's it's pleasurable. It's the things that make them uh look cool a matter of fact i'm uh dealing with something right now that i found out that there is this uh gentleman that he's not necessarily involved in smoking and drinking but he has in the past posted pictures on facebook that give the appearance of him smoking and drinking the answer is why you don't actually participate in those things so why are you have pictures of you smoking and drinking or something like that well, it's to give the image of, well, I want to be cool. I want to be like those that are in the world. And real quickly, I'll let Mike jump in here. I couldn't help but think about First uh, John chapter number 2, uh, there in verse number 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You know, it's interesting. People are attracted to things that are passing away when really our focus should be on eternal. And I know that's getting ahead of kind of what we're talking about, but I just want to make, make mention of that. Man, I appreciate the dialogue already. And uh, it made me think about this from the other perspective. In Jeremiah 10, 23, Jeremiah said, Oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It's not a man that walked to direct his steps. It's obvious that the majority of the world that we're looking at are not allowing God to direct their steps, which we know that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, Psalm 37, 23. We know that. But how is that to take place? Well, in Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11, we know that a young man cleanses their way by taking heed to what God's word says. And so... It's obvious that these people are walking according to their own understanding. And they're not leaning upon God. And again, we have the responsibility of doing just these things, even if only a couple hundred people see it. Well, if those couple hundred people see it and they tell another couple hundred and they tell another couple hundred, then we are influencing the minds of individuals one soul at a time. We know, according to John verse 17, we're live witness, and we see it day by day. And it's obvious that individuals and their influence is growing stronger and stronger. But 
I got to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. And we often look at verse number 11 as it relates to uh, because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the hearts of the son of man is fully set in them to do evil. But verse 12 has always intrigued me. And I wonder why I didn't quote that. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him. Brethren, we just got to keep telling our children and those whom we come in contact with doing these podcasts, hey, they're going to have their day. We just hope they obey the gospel and turn away from it before it happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know, that's an excellent point there with, with verse 12. And I like that idea there that says there, uh, though a sinner does a, does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged. Because, you know, how many times have heard people say, well, I feel like, you know, that these people over here are blessed and I'm not. They're doing evil and they're being blessed and they're not, and I'm not. Things are not always as they appear. And I think sometimes we confuse blessings with uh, with temporal. I mean, we live in an evil world. And so the evil world is going to reward those who also do evil. That's just logical. And yes. they're not, overwhelmingly, they're not going to, uh, you know, reward the righteous nope. for doing what is right because we're in contradiction to them. We're just, we're just in the way. So evil people are always going to seem like they're prospering to the righteous, but the question I think we have to go back to is, do we want to prosper? Do we want to do evil to prosper in an evil world? No. Right. You know, I'll, I'll go back to Ecclesiastes chapter two. And, uh, you know, I love, I love verse one of Ecclesiastes chapter two and verse one here, where he says here, um, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with mirth. Uh, this idea of test, and we know Solomon tested a lot of things in Ecclesiastes and it boils down to, you know, fear God and keep his commandments. But all the stuff he did, he tells us, didn't bring happiness. And it's amazing how many times we forget right. that we that we can learn from his example. I mean, he tells us that he could do whatever he wanted to, whatever he, his eyes beheld, he could have it if he wanted to, which clearly indicates also not just physical things, but also women. Uh, and so, but what's interesting is he talks about how none of those things brought him happiness. And actually we know that, it would ultimately be his demise, be carried away into a lot of evil. And so we think about, you know, we try to find happiness and fulfillment and joy, and even, yes, our examples. And we go about it in totally the wrong way. Uh, you know, the Bible gives us ways to find happiness and, and where we should look to our examples. And like already been said, so few times we look to our elders and to our church leaders who want to do what is right, and we don't look to them. We say, well... That's, you know, maybe we don't, we don't say it out loud, but we think, well, yeah, but that's not really the popular thing to do. Popularity, popularity, what's the things that are popular for honest I think a lot of times are stupid. You know, I don't understand it. The things that are popular, and I sound like a really old man now, but they are, they don't make any sense whatsoever. You know, the way, you know, I, 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 I was a teenager at one point, doesn't matter how long ago that was, but. I remember looking back at some ways I acted and dressed. I'm like, oh, it doesn't make very much sense. And today it doesn't either. Nothing has changed. People do things that make no logical sense. There's a reason why sometimes we go back and we look at our pictures of ourselves years ago and we think, boy, I used to do that or I used to dress like that. You know, and it's not so much the clothing as of as it is the reasoning behind it. You know, it's like kids who wear uh, all black or they wear 
you know, in modest clothing is either too tight, too low, or has a suggestive, you know, comment on it. What's it all boiled down to? And I'll tell people this. I told a kid this one time at camp. He didn't like it, but he understood what I meant. And I said, why don't you just wear a shirt that says, please give me attention, because that's basically what you're doing. I want you to look at me and give me your attention. And there are better ways to go about doing that. Um, and, you know, kids who don't get the attention they, they need or they feel they need can sometimes act out in that way. But as, as adults, we can do the same thing. If we're not as popular as I think we should be, if we're not in the groups that we think we should be in, we may do things to try to be accepted by those groups. And that's just not the way to go about it. Go ahead, Brother Zach. Well, you know, you, you talk about, you know, people make decisions to be accepted by certain groups. They, they do it to be pleasing. You know, uh, something that just, just you said that and it sparked my mind. You remember, you know, of course, Solomon was told because, you know, he was influenced by worldly things uh, that he was going to lose the kingdom. It was going to be divided. And you remember old Rehoboam, he comes into power and he, he has the opportunity. Am I going to listen to the wise counsel or am I going to listen to my friends? And ultimately, he chooses, instead of listening to wise counsel, he chooses to listen to his friends. And we know the trouble in which that caused. Well, why did he make those decisions? For the same reason that we're talking about it. Why are people so uh, enamored with Taylor Swift? Why are people so enamored with improper examples? was because that's the cool thing to do. That's the thing to to get me attention. And so we have to make sure as gospel preachers and the avenues in which we have to keep setting the proper example. You know, we talk about Solomon and we've mentioned Ecclesiastes, you know, there in Ecclesiastes chapter two, you know, he, he says, you know, I, I want to test my heart and I'm going to try it with mirth. And then later on in verse four, he says, you know, uh, I'm going to do it with, you know, with these great works. And he talks about, he built these houses and he planted these vineyards. And, you know, he goes through the entire book, trying all these different things uh, to find out the purpose of man. And he says, you know, it's all vanity of vanity. It's all vexation of spirit. But I love the conclusion that he comes to at the end of the book, D despite all of that, what's the ultimate conclusion that he comes to that we need to fear God and keep his commandments there in Ecclesiastes chapter number 12 and verse number 13. And so, you know, it remind, you know, it just, it tells me that, you know, we just got to keep, you know, putting the truth out there, P keep putting God's word out there because the reality of it is, just looking at it in a numerical sense. Now, I understand that when God is on our side, we are never in the minority. But when you think about the history of the world, there's only two times in the history of the world where the majority of the people on earth were righteous. And both of those opportunities didn't last very long. You have Adam and Eve in the garden. They were righteous. That's the majority of the world until they weren't. And then you have right after the flood where you have Noah and his family, they're righteous before God until Noah goes and does something stupid. Every other time we read about in the Bible, it seems that those that are doing right, they're always in the minority. Why? 
because as the world would say today, they're not doing what is cool. They're not doing what is popular. They're not running around on a stage half naked. Well, let's not call it half naked. They're not running around on stage naked, singing some song or whatever the case may be. Appreciate that. I want to make a correction. I said uh, First John five seventeen. It was actually nineteen, and when I said it, that didn't sound right. About the world lies under the sway of the wicked one. I want to make also the comment on why the world is following the world's bad example. In Ephesians chapter four, verses seventeen through verse number twenty. Bible says, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility or the vanity of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of, notice these things, the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, because of being past feeling who have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. I think about the uh, four things, five things, vanity of mind, alienated from the life of God, ignorant, blindness, past feeling. You can go on and on and on. And you think about people, and again, walking according to their own understanding. When you look at, like, let's take a Mahomes, excellent uh, athlete, powerful athlete. The things that he does on the field are amazing. And then I saw just highlights of the uh, parade because of the incident and how he, no shirt on, you know, it's just embarrassing. And then after the shooting, the next day he's at the hospital and he's comforting kids that got shot at the uh, at the parade. And there's so many different things going on in there. And it makes me think about James 1.8, how a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. And so I learned this years ago and was reminded again uh, by some podcast I was listening to. And matter of fact, it was about finances. And the guy says, the way you do one thing is usually how you do all things. It makes me think about some of these people. They're, they're unstable in all their ways. Mm-hmm. And so what is God teaching us? He's teaching us that we're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We're that city that's set upon a hill. And going back to what Zach said in his introductory thoughts, they ought to be looking at preachers and elders and deacons and members of the Lord's church as an example. And truth be told, some of them probably are. But that pull of the world is strong. And so we have to remain in the word of God and be the example as Paul told uh, Timothy to the believers. And like Jesus is an example that we should be following, First Peter chapter 2, 21 and following. And so again, I'm gonna emphasize, we need to keep doing things just like this and know that he uh, was at Hebrews 6, 10, God, he sees our works and he's gonna reward us because of it. And I totally agree with that. And I keep going back to, um, and I'm glad you brought up Ephesians 5 or 4, rather, in verse 20 with that phrase, but you have not so learned Christ. It reminds me of when I was a kid, when I hear my parents say, you know better. Yes. Um, and that's basically the idea there is Christians know better. 
you know, and, and there's no excuse for it. You know, there's no reason for us to, to be carried off in these things. Uh, we have not, you know, this is not the way of Christ, basically, is what he's talking about there. You know, we see all, in verses 17 and following there, the way they are, how they're ignorant, how their heart is blind, there in verse 18. Uh, have they given themselves over to lewdness to work all kinds of uncleanness and um, wickedness and greediness and on and on and on? He says, well, you're, you haven't learned those things from me. You know, you know better. You have not so learned Christ. And, you know, we go back to uh, Proverbs chapter 14, uh, there in verse 13. And this is what I try to remind people. And I think we touched on this a little bit earlier as well, is that, you know, I think, I think Mike is wanting to say they're going to, the, 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 the wicked are going to get their just reward, right? And in Proverbs 14, verse 13, he says, Even in laughter the heart may sorrow, and the end of mirth may be grief, which means all their good times and, 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 and things are going to come to an end. Yeah. Uh, you know, the role of the rich man and Lazarus are completely reversed at death. Right. One who knew only the pleasures and one who knew only pain and hardship, they were flipped. And all that all that rich man wanted was one relief and two for his brothers not to join him there. Yep. And as Christians, we should be those who do not want ourselves to get caught up in it, caught up in these types of things, or others to get caught up in it as well. Right. You know, all of us have children. The last thing we want to do is see them get caught up in this kind of stuff. And I remind I remind my daughter sometimes, you know, I once was your age too. I'm not a dummy. Um, you know, I, I, we know what goes on. We know, you know, the thoughts of other, you know, some of the, the mindsets, I should say, of some other individuals sometimes by the way they act. And we don't want to allow ourselves to get caught up, caught up in it or those we care about as well. Um, because while it may all seem fun and, and fun and games and almost as if there's no consequences, we know that's not that's not true. It's all going to come down, uh, you know, to the day where we sin before Christ. And there's no more laughter about the evil things we have done. Uh, you know, and it's too late to correct them by them. So we want to we want to correct them before we get to that point. Go ahead, Brother Zach. You know, you you brought up that passage there in Proverbs thir- uh, 14. After the, you know, they're going to come to an end, which means those that are living in sin at some point we recognize that man that's going to come crashing down whether that's in this physical life or as you pointed out the rich man uh when he opened up at his eyes being in torments but you know just chapter prior to that in luke chapter 15 you have the prodigal son and you know it makes mention there luke chapter 15 and uh, verse number 12, the younger of them said to his father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey to a far country and wasted his substance on riotous living. He was out involved in some of these very things that we have just talked about within this podcast. And no doubt as he is uh, spending that money, as he's doing this riotous living, I, I can just, I picture it in my mind that he's got a crowd around him and then what happens what all comes crashing down so much so that here he is that he's hungry Uh, he has to join himself to a citizen of that country to go out and and feed swine and jesus of course talking to jews and so they would have found that of course very uh unclean very disgusting and so much verse 16 man it always gets me 
Uh, there's a sister there at a, a Park Street, Sister Millie. Uh, she did a, a class with the children, and she brought some of the most gross-smelling, horrendous stuff that you'd ever seen, like moldy bread and banana peels. I mean, it was gross. I'll never forget it the day I die. She told those kids, well, this is what pig slop is. And that's what this guy was ready to eat. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he put his trust in the wrong things. Put his faith in the wrong things. Now, we see the beautiful nature of what happens in the story. You know, he ends up saying, you know, I have sinned. Not only have I sinned against my father, but I've sinned against God. You know, he ultimately, he goes back. So we see that he had the opportunity to be able to make his life uh, better. But it just goes to show you that we need to be the example of looking to Christ as that proper example, you, you think about Paul, you know, he would tell the church at Corinth there in first Corinthians, uh, was it chapter 11 and verse one, uh, be ye imitators or followers of me. Why? Because I imitate, I follow Christ. I'm following the proper example, not the improper example. And you know, the, the prodigal son, man, he, he had it all come crashing down and he had to take a long, hard look at his life and the examples and things that he was involved in, and he had to make a choice. And you think about everything that we're talking, it comes down to choices. What choice am I going to make? What example am I going to follow? But let's take it a step further, and we can elaborate on this later, but what example am I going to be? Mm-hmm. And we have to think about both aspects of that what example am i following what example i'm going to be because you know you made mention the fact that we're parents uh you, you ever see yourself and your children and you have to think man need to stop that too often yeah. so let me let me tell you something that really bothered me at that about that parade that shooting was was going on and only those that were in the vicinity heard it because of the loudness of the music. And brothers, I thought about that. And especially as we've been talking, we know on that last day, according to 1 Corinthians 15, we're not going to read the passages, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through verse number 18, uh, there's going to be a trumpet. And everybody's going to hear that trumpet. And can you imagine, what if there have been multiple, I'm talking about multiple shooters, the loudness of the music, we'd, we'd have had dead bodies all over Kansas City, downtown, million people there, you couldn't have been plucking them off. Bah, 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 bah. You can hear it, but they couldn't hear it over the loud music on the other side. And so you had a group of people that was running yeah, and you had another group of people, and they were just doing, going, and being what they were. They didn't even hear it. Mm-hmm. And then it makes me think about Revelation 1 and verse number 8. I'm sorry, verse number, I was just there. Verse number 7, behold, he is coming with clouds. Every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. The scary part about that situation and that situation in the 
the crowd, man, they didn't even hear danger around them. And sometimes sin is just like that. You can have sin around you and not know the danger of it. And here we are again. Our responsibility is to, well, be like what God told Ezekiel, sound the trumpet. <laughs> Brad, I love y'all, man, because y'all could have said, you know what, we ain't going to call no names out. We ain't going to deal with this. Somebody got to sound the trumpet. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to make the noise. My wife and I, we was talking about our kids, and we had one child, and uh, she, and she was a, she was a challenge. She's probably one of the most wisest one we have because she was the squeakiest wheel that got the oil. We just need to keep putting the oil out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's interesting. You bring up that uh, so loud they couldn't music was so loud they couldn't hear the the gunshots. And to your point, I mean, you think about it, I mean, like you said, the noise of the world can be so loud, we don't hear the dangers of everything that's going on around us. Good teaching right there. I mean, we, we think about all the stuff that's going on, and th- the world can distract us intentionally or unintentionally in various ways, and we just don't see it, you know. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't watch the news anymore but often because, one, it raises my blood pressure, but also because – a lot of it is just noise to, I think, in a lot of ways to keep you distracted from other things that are going on. You know, um, we're so caught up in politics, but we don't pay attention to people who are actually dying around us. People are uh, starving to death. People are in danger. Some some places in, in the United States, folks are, are afraid to go outside because of the dangers around them. You know, I think about uh, there was a time I wanted to go to Chicago, you know, and, and see you know, the, what the Bulls play and that kind of thing. And uh, you could not pay me to go there today. Um, you couldn't pay me to drive through there, let alone get out of the car there. And I think there's a lot of places like that today that we are in physical danger. But I think in a spiritual sense, we, we don't realize how much danger is around us all the time. That's right. And, and we get out and we walk around like there's not, not a care in the world. Um, and that's just not true. We have to pay attention, you know, and – this will be my final comment, and I know we have to start wrapping this up here, but I want to look at real quick Proverbs chapter 24, 19 and 20. And uh, I think really this is kind of the, the end of, of my thoughts about this anyway. In Proverbs 24, 19 and 20, he says, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious uh, of the wicked, for there, will be, for there will be no prospect for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. And we've already mentioned this a little bit before, but we need to remind it that the, those around us who are doing evil, they're not going to prosper. Uh, you know, we, we put evil men in halls of fame and it's why, uh, you know, because they entertained us for a couple of years, good or bad. Uh, you know, there's a certain hall of fame that's mentioned in the Bible and has nothing to do with the, the ideas of the world. If there's a hall we want to enter, it's the one that's going to lead us to the heavenly home and so I think in many ways, we need to make sure we're not seeking to be well-known by those around us or to join in, in their circle of acceptance and just uh, they're going to do what they're going to do. It doesn't mean we have to join in with them. Go ahead, Brother Zach. You know, man, <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 8, because, you know, Mike had made mention of, you know, that they couldn't hear the danger that was around them. Sometimes we get so caught up 
in our ways and the ways of those that we're following, we don't recognize the danger that we're in. And so as Jeremiah here is uh, dealing with Judah and some of the, the sin that they are in, just notice some of the things that Jeremiah says. And you just, you pick up in, uh, man, verse number 10. Well, you would go back up to verse number five. He talks about how they're a perpetual uh, backslider. Uh, verse number nine, the wise men were ashamed. Why? Because they rejected the word of the Lord. But verse number 10, he says, therefore I will give uh, their wives unto others and the fields to them that shall inherit them for everyone uh, from the least and the greatest is given to covetousness from the prophet, even to the priest, uh, everyone that dealeth falsely, for they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people, slightly saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. You know, you look at, you know, what the world considers proper examples, and they're involved in these things, and it's saying, don't worry about what's going on, don't worry about what we're doing, because it's okay. They're saying, peace, peace, uh, when there is no peace. And Jeremiah said it's so bad uh, there in the very next verse, verse 12, uh, that they could not blush. And therefore, God uh, was going to take care of it. Verse 13, he said he was going to consume them. And so, you know, just going back to it, we need to make sure that we're the ones, as even Mike brought out with Ezekiel, and, you know, it's such an important point that Ezekiel brings it out twice in Ezekiel chapter three. And again, later in Ezekiel chapter 33, we need to be the watchmen's. We need to be sounding the warning because the world is telling us that there's peace when there is no peace. But God is telling us there's a way in which we need to live and we need to make sure that we're doing it. And just because let me just throw this point out here really quickly, just because someone seems that they're blessed doesn't mean that they're holy. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Jesus would make mention there in Matthew chapter five, that it rains on the just and the unjust. So just because someone appears that everything is going well, that doesn't mean anything in the eyes of God. Are you truly living the way that God would have you to live? That's what matters. Are we being the example that we need to be? That's what matters. I wonder with the one, and praise God, there was only one that lost their life. I wonder if their name was registered in heaven. Because the people that they went to go see, the Kansas City, national football team. That's the example. That's what they went to go see. It's a celebration. It's a block party, a million people. And still, so we've got one out of a million lost their life. That was too many. Thank be to God, Philippians 3 and verse number 20, our citizenship is in heaven. That's right. But there's something that was brought out on yesterday and a brother was talking about how a young man was trying to go into the military and he lost, they lost his uh, birth certificate and all that in a fire that took place at a courthouse. And so 
at 17 years old, he falsified documents in order to get into the military and they got in. But in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 22 and 23, but you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly in the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God, the just of all, so forth and so on. I made the comment in class. I said, you know, that guy, he falsified documents to get into the United States military, but you can't falsify documents to get your name in heaven. And I wonder if that one that lost their life was at least in Christ. Mm-hmm. Let's say they wasn't. That that was not only a tragedy from a societal perspective, but from a spiritual perspective. Yeah. Satan won another one. Yeah. And I appreciate the comments that y'all have made. I appreciate this lesson. And I, I'm going to go ahead and write an article on this because it's, it's, it's necessary. We got to get the word out as much as we can. Yes, it is. You know, and since I'm the one controlling this here, I'm going to make one final comment that we're going to be done. Uh, but, um, you know, it's a reminder, you know, those events that we should always be prepared. And Zach touched on this earlier with the prodigal son. Uh, and, you know, we talked about the rich man and Lazarus. You know, we could give other examples as well throughout the Bible, but, there is nothing as far as how long we're going to live on this earth. There is nothing guaranteed, uh, you know, surprises and sudden events happen all the time. And the, and the shooting there in Kansas city is just a reminder of that. And like was pointed out last night, um, over dinner was that there's shootings in Kansas city every day. That's, That's right. just the one that made the news. Uh, in fact, I believe one brother told me there was a shooting that same day on the Kansas side. And then, um, and then the shootings there after the parade, um, you know, there, it's it's all over the place. Um, you know, we're having to have conversations about protecting yourself, but that's a whole other thing we'll talk about maybe another time. But the point I want to make before we close out here, and I'll give everybody else one more chance to, I guess, since I'm talking for a long time, uh, is that we need to make sure we're prepared. You know, we're not talking about just, you know, protecting ourselves from physical danger, but, but like Brother Bonner was saying, we have to be spiritually prepared. And, and if we're not, um, if we're not prepared when the time comes, there's no second chances. And so we have to make sure that we are prepared uh, always for what we may not know is coming. So I'll stop with that. But Zach, have anything you want to add? I'll just add this really quickly. The idea of being prepared and to just, you know, Job would say in Job 14, Verses one and two, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He that cometh forth like a flower and is cut down, he fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. James would say in James chapter number 14 that our life is but a vapor. So why, Zach, why bring that out? To show that we never, to show that we need to be ready. Mm-hmm. Because the truth of Hebrews chapter nine and verse number six is still true. For his appointed unto man to die once but after this, the judgment. Mm-hmm. And so are we ready for that judgment day? If today is our last day, you know, I told the brethren last night in my sermon, I said, you know, we're not even guaranteed to make it to the end of this sermon. And so if we're not ready, we need to make sure that we're ready. That one that lost their life during the parade, I don't think she woke up that morning 
and locked her door and said, I'll never be back here. That's right. We need to make sure that we're ready. We need to make sure to, that we help the world be ready. And lastly, when people want to go to those type of events, I believe we need to have the same attitude that Paul had toward the Ethiopian, the Philippian jailer in Acts 16 and verse number 28. Do yourself no harm. Don't go to that. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. There's no need to be there. Yeah. You don't need to be there. Well, I thank you, brethren, for joining me today. Thank you, uh, Brother Zach and Brother Michael. And Lord willing, we'll all be back here again here soon. We thank you for all those who are listening. And we do hope to see you again here next time.